So good morning, everyone. I think I'll just start with praying for us all. Um, dear Lord, thank you so much for this day that you've given us and this chance to share, dear Lord. I pray that you would take it away, God, and that it wouldn't be from my mouth, my, my words that are being spoken, but what you want people to hear, God, and what's on your heart for me to say today, dear Jesus. And I just pray that everyone would be attentive, dear God, and that we would be able to walk away learning something from, from this message. And in your name, amen. Okay, so morning, everyone. Um, I'm here to tell you about, as Deacon Ellen just said, um, my adventure to Kenya. Um, and so it all started um, last September when I got on a plane for the very first time, the first time I'd ever been on a plane, and flew across the ocean to beautiful Hawaii. Um, and so I went to Hawaii to do a discipleship training school, or a DTS, with YWAM. And for those of you who maybe don't remember or aren't so um, sure what YWAM is, YWAM is an acronym that stands for Youth with a Mission, which is an organization that works to mobilize young missionaries to spread the gospel to the unreached world. Um, so it is six months, the DTS, the course that I did, is a six month um, program. And it's split into two different parts, outreach phase and lecture phase. Now, lecture phase is the first three months, and that is in the location of your choice. Um, and it's basically like a traditional university setting um, where you kind of, you have lectures and you have like classes and you have to do to have different requirements and stuff like that. And then the outreach, the last three months, you actually embark on a mission to a nation, um, normally a third, a third world country, um, that is in need of the gospel. Everywhere is in need of the gospel, but a third world country. Um, and so yeah, um, so both Hawaii and Kenya um, were equally incredible experiences for me. Um, however, I'm gonna be talking mostly about Kenya in this talk here, since Hawaii is more of a, a personal journey, like a testimony, um, rather than something to be like shared in front of a group of people like this, or PowerPoint presentation. Um, but one thing I will tell you from my first three months going to school in Hawaii um, is this one story that actually always stuck in my head. Um, there was one lecture um, that I was listening to one night, and it really hit close to home for me. And so after the lecture was finished, I approached the teacher and um, I was just talking to him and he, he gave a really cool analogy. And he said, ministry is like a cup. And so how we're being poured into by the Holy Spirit and by Jesus um, and the love that we receive from him is like the cup filling up and filling up and filling up. And then eventually it's so full that it spills over and that's ministry. The spill is ministry. and so. A cool metaphor is I like to say that Hawaii is like me personally feeling that love of Jesus, so almost like um, what's in the cup just filling up, that's Hawaii, and then Kenya's the spill. Um, and so, yeah, so just to give you more of a context there. Um, so moving on to Kenya, this is a beautiful picture of Hawaii, um, and then moving on to Kenya. Um, so two weeks, two weeks into our um, lecture phase, um, the staff revealed to us where we would be going for our outreach. Um, and we had the choice between Mexico or Kenya. Um, and so there was one team that was also sent to Mexico in addition to a team that was sent to Kenya. And I obviously chose Kenya. 
And this is us, my most incredible team, the most genuine, wonderful people you would have ever met. Um, they're world changers right there. They're gonna change the world, these people. Um, yeah, and so as lecture phase um, came to a close, um, and like our classes wrapped up and we started packing for Kenya. Um, we said goodbye to everyone that we had met on base. We said goodbye to our friends and the Mexico team and we left for Kenya. Okay. So going to Kenya, especially during COVID times, is no easy task. Um, we would be in the air for over 20 hours with countless airports, COVID measures. We would have to be wearing a mask the entire time. And so, so this here kind of shows our flight route um, roughly. And so the far left side of the screen, you can see those are the Hawaiian islands. And so we had to take a plane from Hawaii to Seattle, Washington. That was our first um, layover, and then from Seattle all the way to Qatar, which is a country in the Middle East, and then from Qatar down to Nairobi, finally, um, which is the capital of Kenya. Um, and so super crazy route right there. Um, so from Hawaii to Seattle, we didn't have any difficulties at all. Um, Seattle, we actually encountered a rather large problem because our COVID tests never came in. And so we're about to board the flight and we don't actually have our COVID tests. Um, and obviously we needed them to get on the flight. And so we missed our original flight actually and we ended up losing a whole day because we could only reschedule a next flight um, for the day, like the day after at the exact same time. Um, so unexpected thing that was thrown our way. Um, there's actually a very cool testimony and story of how the Lord provided, um, which I unfortunately don't have time to tell right now. But however, if you, if you are interested in that, in that story of how we got by in Seattle, our adventure in Seattle, um, come, up, come to me after the service and I'll definitely tell you. Um, so anyway, as our, our flight, we flew to Qatar, 13 hour flight. And then from Qatar, we went to Nairobi and finally, here we are, we finally got to Kenya. Welcome to the magical Kenya. And so we were very excited, very, very, very tired, but super excited um, to be in Kenya and to be able to start our missions trip and see what the Lord had in store for us. Okay. So life in Kenya. So, forgive my kind of rough drawing here, but this is roughly the route that we took. Um, so we landed in Nairobi, and then we went to a lot of different villages in the west. We were on the border of Uganda for, for a while, and then we came all the way back to the eastern coast, and we stayed there for a while. And so we really actually moved around quite a bit. Um, we had multiple different ministries. One the next one. We had multiple different ministries depending on the location. Um, this included orphanages, evangelism, hospital ministries, schools, and widow ministries. We were heavily, heavily involved in church services every weekend. We shared sermons, performed skits and dances, and sang in worship. 
Um, in the picture shown, the two pictures on the left, we're actually performing a traditional um, Hawaiian dance that we learned as part of our classes back in Hawaii. And Kenyan people absolutely love to dance. And so they really, really um, enjoyed that a lot. Um, and then we also performed a bunch of skits for them. And normally it was a, a story with a, a much deeper meaning because like drama is like the universal language, music is the universal language. And so when they couldn't understand when we spoke, we performed a skit for them. And so that was super cool. Okay, so there was different types of food. Um, on the left, you could see some, a really good dish that we had almost all the time for breakfast, lunch, and supper. <laughs> Um, and so you would have some chicken and some um, rice with some, they call it ugali, it's kind of like a oatmeal kind of thing that they use as like a spoon to, to scoop up and eat their meals. Um, you have potatoes. And then on the, um, the, the right, <laughs> I had only one of those little fish. Um, I think they're kind of like middles, forgive me, I don't remember the name, um, but they are some sort of fish which is a little bit more of like an eccentric meal that they would offer you as well. But for the most part, the food was very good um, for a, a Western world citizen. Now, <laughs> yes. Now, some things were a bit more challenging. This is a toilet. Um, we called it a squatty potty, quite <laughs> fittingly. Um, I bet you never expect to see that in church. <laughs> and so, yeah, as the name implies, it was quite difficult to use the bathroom, but we managed. Grace of the Lord. <laughs> okay. So, the people of Kenya. So, this is, this is a Maasai man um, in this picture who are like the more primitive people of Kenya. Um, at both in the way they dress and kind of the way they live, the way they act, much more primitive than other people. Um, but very kind and very, very friendly and interested in us as well. Um, so the people of Kenya in general are very, very friendly and very hospitable. Um, this is a cute picture here. Um, it's me there, they loved my hair. <laughs> and so um, children would really like love to play with your hair. They would, they would like rub their hands over your skin and they'd be like, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> and they would, yeah, they'd love to braid your hair, play with your hair. Really a good word is that they were, they were just in awe of us really. They'd never really, for the most part, they'd never really seen any people that looked like us before. Um, and so that was always fun to have them like shout at us when we walk down the road and they all come running to us. Um, Kenyan people in general, another characteristic that I really picked up on was that they're incredibly strong and resilient. Um, that could be physically, because the amount of physical work that they have to perform in their life, you know, they don't have a washing machine, they don't have a dishwasher, they don't have anything like that. And so physically they're very strong, but also emotionally and spiritually as well. They have to endure like a lot of trauma, like emotional trauma in their lives. Like everyone has lost someone at some point, you know, like very close to them. And so they're very strong emotionally as well. But I'd say more than anything else, the thing that stood out to me about the Kenyan people was their faith. Um, because they're so poor, all they have is their faith. They don't have any luxuries like we do. Um, it's so funny because when you think about it here, 
the devil's found a very different way to target us, and he targets us through our minds. He plays mind games with us. However, there you see the devil and, and demons and evil being expressed in a very real, tangible way. Um, like you would go to church services and you would see exorcisms. And that, of course, the first time seeing it is, is very disturbing and almost like traumatic because you don't really know exactly what's what's going on, but really it's just this physical manifestation of the devil that we don't see here. Um, and because of that, um, it's almost like their faith is tangible itself. Like you see it all the more clearly that they, you would come across women who had just lost a baby in a miscarriage and they'd be like, what I have faith that the Lord will, will give me children one day. And it was just a completely different approach to faith and I found it so um, inspirational that they truly knew and valued the true meaning of faith, which is have, having faith in God no matter what happens, right? Um, so, <laughs> moving on. I think more than anything in Kenya, I have to say I loved the little children. <laughs> Here's me with all sorts of different pictures of children. Um, just take a moment to like look at their precious little faces. They, they were just so sweet, so beautiful, um, and really so joyful. They had the most incredible joy. They were just constantly happy that you would walk down the street and all these little children would come running up to you with like laughing and joyful. Um, I could truly see why Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Um, we went to a disabled orphanage, which is the picture that you could see in the middle, um, where there were children there who had nothing. They were in a wheelchair. Some of them were missing limbs. Some of them were crawling on the floor because they literally had one arm, but yet they were smiling the whole time. Their joy was so inspiring. I was like, goodness, if they have so much joy there, they're almost luckier than us because they have that joy in our hearts, and here we don't choose to have that joy. You know, and I found that was so, so inspiring. Um, and this, I, I have to tell you this story. This, <laughs> I love this story so much. Um, so all compounds are like large, like, not settlements, like houses in Kenya. Um, are gated in due to like vandalism. And so we had to stay within these gates. We were staying in an Airbnb, which was like within a certain compound. Um, but like no one can get over the walls. Like there are glass shards all over the top of the walls so that no one can actually get in. Um, and so we were staying in this certain compound um, and um, we couldn't go out alone because it was actually quite dangerous to go out alone. We had to always stay with a group. And so we were just walking around in there and suddenly we hear some little voices um, coming from the other side of the gate. And as you could see me in that picture, we got down on our stomachs like that and peeked under the gate. And there are all these little children and they, they were just more and more and more and they just kept appearing. And there are all these little children under there and they were just so excited to see us. I guess they saw our feet underneath the, the gate there. And they were like giving us high fives and we were tickling their hands and they were just squealing and laughing and so, so excited. It was just such a sweet moment. And um, we actually went and got nail polish and started painting their nails from under the, under the gate. Um, and then like the most, I think, important thing is that we actually got to evangelize to these kids from under a gate out of all the places, you know? Uh, and it just really goes to show how the Lord can really use you in any situation wherever you are, right? Like, it could be like, well, how would that be used to reach anyone? Well, 
we even found a way from through a gate to tell someone about the gospel, you know, and I just, I absolutely love that story. And as we were playing with them from under the gate, our outreach leader came up to us. It was three of us girls and our outreach leader came up to us and he said, do you want to like sneak around and open the gate and, and go and see them? And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we went and we like snuck around, we opened the gate, we snuck out and they all kind of go, turn around and then yay and they all came like running up to us and all gave us like this biggest hug and they all surrounded us as you could see in that one picture it was just such a special moment again we got to spread the gospel with them again we got to do some dances and songs with them and it was just so unexpected we weren't even doing ministry right there like we were just literally walking around our compound but they came to us and or the lord sent them to us and that was just so cool um so this is another um, story. Um, this time we, we went to a secondary school actually, um, and we didn't really know what to expect. Our contacts, um, so like the people who were bringing us around Kenya, um, they, uh, they didn't really know what to expect actually. Most of the times when we had to go out for ministry, we had no idea what we were gonna be doing that day really. It was just like you go and you improvise when you get there. And so we went to this secondary school and we got out of the car and the school looked deserted, like except for a few people. And so we were like, oh, okay, some kids. And we rounded this corner and there were over 500 kids there. And as soon as we rounded the corner, like they all stood up and started applauding and, and like screaming. And it was a little bit overwhelming to be honest. Like it was almost like they thought we were celebrities. Like we were like, whoa, whoa. Like just all of a sudden 500 kids are like, oh my gosh. It was just so crazy to see. Um, um, so we literally had a corner of this giant courtyard that was just packed with all these kids to do our, our skits and our dances. We were literally like doing them against a tree, like this much space to move. Um, and the really important part of that day though is that we got to share testimonies with these kids. We got to share the gospel with them. And around 300 students gave their life to Jesus that day. Um, and so it's just so amazing. We were so overwhelmed by how ripe the harvest was in Kenya and thus the fruit that was reaped as a result. Like people were ready to hear about Jesus in Kenya. Um, <clears throat> so now in spite of all these sweet experiences, there were still some hard things as well. It's not easy to be a missionary. Our contacts who live in Kenya full-time can tell you that. Um, it's not easy to be away from your family for Christmas. Um, but sometimes it's the, out of those like hard things that the most beautiful experiences and memories come. Um, and there's such reward in pushing yourself to the very limit you could go and seeing what comes of it. Um, so... There was one week um, where I was lying, I was sleeping on a cement floor for the whole week. Um, I was lying on a couple of quilts, um, and I guess I could have taken it as a chance to like complain and say how my back was hurting, or oh, I don't wanna do this because of whatever. But instead for me, it was such an opportunity to experience what these people experienced daily. I have a bed back home. They don't. And so it was, it was, that was such a good opportunity for me. And I saw sleeping on a hard floor as such a privilege. 
It was almost like a chance to truly live as one of the disciples of Jesus lived. I saw us as like disciples, right? Um, And so in some small way, I felt like I was walking with Jesus through that, like the way, like in Jesus's footsteps through that. Um, And funny enough, I had some of the most intimate moments I've ever had with God on that cement floor. Um, And I think of the chapter that we just read in Acts um, and about like Stephen and what, um, how he was unjustly persecuted and how people were saying false testimonies against him. Um, Yet he stood true to his faith and he didn't get, let hardship get in the way of his attitude. It says his face was glowing like an angel. Is our face glowing like an angel when we experience trials? You know? Okay. Also, another, another thing that we got to worry about in Kenya was safety. You know, there was one place where we went where there was a heavy Muslim population. Um, we had to be very, very careful as white Christian missionaries in that area. That could potentially be very dangerous. It was actually the home of the Al-Shabaab, which is a terrorist group from um, Somalia. And so it was actually a very dangerous location to be. But the Lord protected us the whole time. Like, we didn't encounter anything that was, like, potentially, like, very dangerous. Um, And one thing we did do, though, is there was one, I believe it was an orphanage that we went to. Um, It was mostly girls, and as you could see by their head coverings, they were Muslim. And they let us in. They knew we were Christians, but they let us in. Um, And we got to share the gospel with, with these children. We got to worship with them. And we later learned that the place where we were standing, where we were worshiping and sharing the gospel with them, was their Muslim prayer room. So here we were standing in the place where they prayed in their Muslim religion and we were spreading the gospel and singing out praises to God. And that was just such a powerful moment. Um, And it's just so incredible how even through those those trials and even through those things that might have been scary at times, the Lord kept us safe. That was his promise and he kept his promise to keep us safe the whole way through. And so I'm going to end with one of my very, very favorite stories. Um, So back in Hawaii, um, I really, really, (laughs) I really dreaded evangelism. We had every single week on Thursday, um, Thursday afternoons, we had an evangelism activity that we had to do. And I absolutely dreaded it because I just did not like evangelism. I found it so awkward and so weird and, necessary, but I didn't like it. I didn't think I was good at it, whatever, you could go on and on and on. Um, But it got a little bit better in Kenya, but I still wasn't loving it. And this picture is taken one of the, I think, our last week of ministry, actually. Um, And so one day for evangelism, uh, we went to this one village where most of the people were pretty drunk. Um, So different levels of drunk, but you could tell that all of them had been um, drinking. Um, they actually made um, alcoholic beverages illegally at that, in that specific village. Um, and so we, myself, two, um, two other student missionaries, and then a translator, um, we approached a first group of people, and there was like a man and two women, and so we started talking to them. Um, and we started sharing the gospel with them. And the way they listened 
so intently with such intention to me and my fellow missionaries was incredible. It was like nothing I'd seen before. Like they were all, they were just like, their eyes were fixed on us. Like they were just looking at us. They were like, whoa, this is so cool. And that was the first time I'd seen someone react like that to the gospel before. Um, To have them just completely be all eyes on us and not distracted or not, oh, well, I have this. Or they were completely focused on us. Um, And there was one lady, this lady in the picture, her name is Panina, um, and she was one of the ladies listening. um, And we asked her after we'd shared the gospel if she wanted to accept Christ. And she said to us that she didn't want to lie by God, to God, by accepting him now and then going back to her bottle later. Um, And we got the privilege of telling her that Jesus came for people like her. That Jesus came for the sinners, for the people with bottles. Jesus didn't come for perfect, pure people. He came for sinners. And he died on the cross for her. And we got to to share that with her and that we were no better than her, that we were just as much sinners as her or the rest of us. Um, And we just had, it was so, such a privilege to be able to share that with her. And after we did, she accepted Jesus into her heart. Um, And... And we told her that now that she accepted Jesus, Jesus would help her through her addiction. Um, and that that was, that was the right way, that that was the best decision she could have made. Um, not by staying away from God because you don't think you're perfect enough for God, but by accepting Jesus into your heart and trusting that he is the ultimate healer and the one that will heal her from her addiction. Um, and after we said the sinner's prayer with her, um, here, wait a minute. Um, you could just see on her face, like you could just see that she, her face began to change and this emotion just like washed over her face. And she just, you could see like the tears started to run and then she started to cry. And my friend Brooklyn in the picture and I, um, we went over to her and we comforted her and we rubbed her back. And I'll never forget what she said to us. Um, she said to us, I'm pregnant and I didn't know what I was going to do until you came but you have given me hope. She said, you've given me hope. Um, Yeah, wow. Um, And it was like hearing those words, she will never know how much that meant to us, not just her, like how much hope that gave us that, wow, we're doing something here, you know? It it is working after all the people who maybe didn't listen, she, this working for her, you know? Like we see this and she said to us, I feel different already. And we were like, wow, yes, go Holy Spirit kind of thing. And, um, and we moved on to another people in this drunken like village. After that, we moved on to another people. Five more people gave their lives to Jesus. One Muslim was among them. Um, and again, you would just share the gospel with them and just see their whole faces turn. And, and they just start to weep because you just see the Holy Spirit like tangibly in their face as it's just as the Holy Spirit is just changing their life right there on the spot. Um, and I think that was one of my very favorite experiences um, that last week there. Um, and yeah, as I wrap up here, I really want to leave you all with something. Um, one of the things I walked away from Kenya with is realizing what I and all the rest of us of peop- as people are capable of. Um, when we say, no, we can't, the Lord says, yes, you can. Um, When we let the Lord move in the way that he wants to move, incredible things happen. 
when there's less of us, more of him, the Lord can do more incredible things than you ever dreamed he can do. But we have to have faith. That same unshakable faith that I would see in like the eyes of those Kenyan widows who had nothing, who didn't have a husband, who had five children to take care of, yet they still had that faith, faith of a mustard seed, right? We all have to have that faith. Um, and you don't, you don't know what you're capable of until you do it. Um, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, right? And so just in closing, I really, again, want to just thank all of you who supported me in this journey. Um, thank you for being a part of this mission. I know you all prayed. And some of you supported financially. Um, so just to be able to, like, so be supporting us as this team of, of 12 individuals um, while we were in this country is just so special and you really played a part in that. And so I just am eternally grateful to you for that, for helping to make this trip possible. Um, and lastly, this is funny, but here's a picture of a baby elephant because who wouldn't want to see a picture of a baby elephant? So yeah, thank you. Have a moment of prayer while Bob is reading and I for the service. Father, we, we thank you that uh, Emma was such a blessing to those in, in Africa with her team, and that she was a blessing to us as she encouraged us, encouraged us, that, that set out to those maybe you don't want us to go to Africa. But there's people around us that we can step out with. With the faith that you will enable us. Father, we ask that you continue to build up in an inner wall with you. And Father, we, we, we plead that you continue to, in, with us in our wall with you, to encourage us to step up to those around.